ever watch one of those shows where it's like a doppelganger version of yourself and inevitably at some point during that doppelganger show or movie or episode where there's a good you and there's a bad you and uh, there's somebody that loves you and they've got a gun pointed at the two of you. You know, you say to that person, it's me. They're not me. I'm me. And the person can't decide because you both look the same. You both sound the same. It's It, it always comes down to this, this one kernel of a thought that is so inherently you that the other person doesn't understand. And that's ultimately what decides your fate. And I... I I think about those kinds of shows often. And I think that, you know, the reason that I, that I think about this show so often is because I'm constantly interested in the idea of self. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if I wanted to oversimplify it, I could say it's a philosophy. Um, that, that's usually what, you know, the understanding of who you are as a person is, is intended to be. Um, I think a lot about, like, my memory. I have a very good memory, or at least I believe I have a good memory. You know, it's it's my perception of my memory. I can remember when I was a young kid, and I can vividly remember things like, you know, the G.I. Joe clamshell case that I got from Video Village, and I took home, and I was able to look at the back of the FHE uh, clamshell case, and just, like, I-, I can vividly see myself living on four cellies, and, you know, my dad, when I was young, would do this thing where he would take his big-ass finger and put my, you know, oversized curls behind my ear. I vividly remember that, which makes me believe that that memory is real. But how do I know that it was real? I know that what I'm saying right now is is real for me, but is it real? Is is what I'm saying does what I is what I'm saying even gonna matter in the grand scheme of things? Is anybody ever gonna hear this this window of thought, this entry into the way that I look at things? And take anything away from it. Am I saying this for myself? I can vividly remember things from my childhood, but I can't even remember what I said in the beginning of this conversation that I'm having with myself. I'm the only one here. <laughs> so there's, there's nobody except for this recorder to document. And, and by document, I mean remember. And, and memories are interesting. Because memories aren't accurate. They're recollections. They're a replay. But they're a replay that wasn't recorded. It was recorded in your mind, but that recording can't be trusted. Uh, you look at photos of yourself as a child. You don't look... And uh, I don't know if, you know... Anybody that was a kid looks exactly the same as they do as an adult. I'm sure there's cases of that, but I know for the example of me, which is the only example that I can draw upon because 
that's what I've experienced. I, I can only pull on my own experience. I can interpret other people's experience, but that's not valid. And I know for me that when I look at myself from when I was a child to now, I don't look like the same person. The only correlating factor between who I was when I was a five-year-old kid in 1986 to who I am as a 39-year-old man in 2020 is my brain, my mind, my memories. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm under the assumption that that's the way the rest of the world sees me take photos of myself I look like the person in the photos when I look at myself in the mirror so it's you know again my perception of the way that I look my perception of the way that I look could be different than your perception of the way that I look I assume based on my perception of the way that I look that you see me the same way I see me but then there's things like body dysmorphia and Somebody believing that they're overweight when they're thin or somebody believing I'm, I'm the antithesis of that. I, I will look at myself and I'll see myself as thin and then I'll see myself through the lens of someone else's camera and, and boy, oh boy, I don't like what I see. Now I've, as we all have mastered the art of taking a photo that's pleasing to my eye of myself, or at least pleasing enough that I'm willing to allow it to exist in the world. You know, uh, because that's, that's a thing that, uh, that we do. We'll, we'll take a photo of, you know, and then you, you got the idea of like the way you validate yourself, or at least the way you could validate yourself is, and I want you to ask yourself this question if you're listening to this. I want you to really think about this, and then I want, if you're listening to this, you to just message me directly and tell me, do you take more photos of yourself, or are the photos taken of you taken by other people more? Which one do you have happen more? And I, I believe that happy people, people that are admired or adored usually have photos taken of them people that adore themselves take photos of themselves we want to remember the things that we enjoy so if most of your photos are of other people you don't really enjoy yourself or you know it could be argued if most of your photos are of yourself you enjoy yourself too much Where's the balance? Who decides? It's, it's interpretation. I don't know how you guys see me. I know how I see me. And I'm not very positive when I think of myself. I've had my wife tell me that I'm handsome and that she loves me. But when I look at the mirror or I look at photos of myself, I don't consider myself handsome. I don't consider myself physically appealing, but I'm also a heterosexual male, so I shouldn't consider myself physically appealing. But you can tell the difference between 
an ugly man and a handsome man, even if you're a heterosexual. Does that mean that you're even like the, the most slight percentage of gay because you can understand somebody being attractive? I don't know. I don't consider myself gay, though. Like, I've never been attracted to a man, but I understand when a man is attractive to another woman. And in the sense that he checks off the things that I think that women are aspiring for. And, you know, that's presumptive. I don't know what women are attracted to. I just know what popular consensus tells me. That there is a certain type of man that women are naturally attracted to. Just like, whether we want to admit it or not, there's a certain type of woman that men are attracted to. Now, there's this weird belief that, you know, oh, you can't say that about her. It's body positivity. You're going to hurt her feelings. Whether it's honest or not, it, it'll hurt. So don't say that. You don't find her attractive. Don't tell her that. That's mean. Do you know why it's mean? Because there's nothing that she can do short of reconstructing her face to change your opinion of her. If someone is physically unattractive to you, that perception can change because you change. And that goes back to the original thought. The way that I look at the world now isn't the way that I looked at the world when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I didn't look at the world. I was oblivious. When I was a teenager, preteen, trying to understand who I was as a person, I looked at things differently. When I was a 20-something dickhead, thinking that I was going to be big shit, hot shit, I looked at things differently. When I was a 30-something, fucking just straggling along and, you know, being a dad and, you know, not doing anything other than parenting and living in my home and pursuing this asinine fucking hobby of podcasting. I looked at things differently. And now, working all the time, still trying to be a dad, still trying to, you know, pursue this hobby in some facet of a way, but it's, it's all, it's all just distractions. It's, it's movement and you, you go into different directions. I, and I look at like, like a band like, uh, Nine Inch Nails. You look at Nine Inch Nails when they started off. It was, you know, aggressive, but also kind of mopey music. And, you know, it, it all kind of centered around, you know, sex and, and relationships and violence. And the music that he makes now, Trent Reznor, who's, I mean, you, you could say Nine Inch Nails, but it's just Trent Reznor. It, you know, the, 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 the background changes, but the foreground remains the same. You know, it's just like you're, you're, you know, you, it, the, the, it's just you and everything else is, 
your atmosphere, your, your surroundings. It's, but it's always going to change and you even change, but you're not cognizant of that change because you're you. You grow when you fall asleep. When you close your eyes, you operate under the auspices that you're going to wake up and you just, you just assume that you're going to wake up and that it's going to be more of the same and that, you know, when, when you get up, things are going to be the exact same. Things are going to be completely same, except they're not. And <clears throat> my son, my youngest son just turned four. And so one of the interesting things about social media is you get these on this day notifications where it relays things that you said or, you know, you shared on that particular day in history. And so I look at photos of him from when he was born to now, and he looks like a completely different person, but I know it's the same person or do I? You know, he's, he's the same baby that I brought home and he just grew his body, his bones grew, his consciousness grew, his ability to speak and interpret and understand grew. And, you know, I played a part in it, or at least I feel like I did. That was, that was that busy work that I was talking about. Um, but, you know, just like, I know that I had teachers and I had parents and I had aunts and uncles and, you know, mentors and things like that. But I don't really feel like I ever had a mentor. I don't, I don't feel like there was ever, there, there's no one person that I can cite as this person sat me down and said, this is the way that the world works. And then, you know, you, you observe when you can't speak. When, when you don't speak, you observe. You, you look, you listen, and you absorb information. You know, some people absorb knowledge by, by looking at things. And some people absorb knowledge by hearing things. Some people absorb knowledge by doing things and everybody has their own way of, of learning, you know, but that, that also begs the question of, you know, what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? A teacher teaches under the auspices or belief that they know the answer. You know, when, when you teach your children math, you know, because you were taught one plus one is two. You know that because you were taught it. Because you were given the, the pieces, the, the, the groundwork, the base to build off of. But that base was created by somebody. And we won't ever, ever know who that somebody was. The words that we're using, that you can understand, you were taught by somebody. 
And those words were given names to convey to somebody else. But language being different. You know, if, if we're all the same species, why is our language different? That seems like a stupid thing to say, right? But who decides what the words are? Who decides what a phone is in English? And who decides what a phone is in Farsi? Somebody made the decision that that's what it was called. And we all went along with it. But who is that somebody? And why are they the authority? And why, why do we accept the authority? And then, you know, why are words created that are considered taboo? Why are there words that if you say them, you're incurring the wrath of the masses because they've been instructed to say that those words are no, no words. We create words that are, that you're not supposed to say. What's the fucking point of the word? What's the point of the word if you can't say it? What's the point of having legs if you don't stand? What's the point of having air if you don't breathe? Fuck that. Why do we have a system where you can have somebody tell you what you can say, what you can't say, what you can do, what you can't do? And it's done under the guise of morality or religion, which religion is the biggest fucking sham of them all. I mean, that's, that's the equivalent of the written word because somebody decided this certain set of rules that we abide by, even though we weren't even alive when these rules were written. Those rules don't have any merit in the things that we encounter every day. They're again, the base and you build off of that base. But that base never changes. So right and wrong and morality and good and evil, it's all based off of an archaic, antiquated belief system that it doesn't even exist anymore. I'm taught, you know, don't shit yourself. Because it will, you know, mess your clothes up. You know, because if I were to shit myself, it would have been more work for my mom to clean. So I was taught how to shit in a fucking porcelain hole that you press a button and it magically whisks away down through a pipe, which leads to where? Where does your shit go? When you flush it down the toilet, where does your shit go? Do you know? You just assume you know. Because it's easier than knowing. You're taught not to say mean things about people. And you're, you're taught that because that's more morally the right thing to do. You're, you're supposed to be 
morally kind to everyone. But there's some people that you see that say something stupid as fuck. And your first, your first gut instinct is to shit all over them and just bury them and, and say just god awful things about them. But then your morality kicks in and you feel guilt. Why do we feel guilt for things? Why do we act off instinct and then beat ourselves up about it? Because of the code of morality that we were taught that was ingrained in our subconscious, in our DNA even. It's, it's like when you go swimming and you see the sign that says, if you have had diarrhea within the last two weeks, please do not enter the pool. Do you know why that is? Because somebody shit in a pool once. That sign doesn't go up because nobody shit in the pool. Somebody shit in that pool. And somebody had to clean it. And they were like, I don't want to ever clean human shit again. We got to put a sign up. That's how laws are made. That's how rules are created. Because somebody did something stupid and the rule becomes reactionary. Or you take marijuana. I'm doing that right now. This shit was illegal two years ago. Illegal. Now I can go into a store and buy it without a, without a prescription or any of that bullshit. There's special stores where there's wall to wall weed. Police know about it. I drive by police. I wave at them as I'm going to get the weed. It's legal. It's fucking legal. That's crazy. Because my memories tell me that there was a point where it was illegal and that people were going to jail. People are still in jail from, from selling weed, even though it's legal. People are in jail in the state of California for marijuana possession today, even though it's been decriminalized. Because the memory remains. I'm just saying. There is 